still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, Sooner Nation? You are tuned in to another episode of the Barry and Mac post-game podcast. This one's following the Red River, in this case, beatdown. Uh, OU goes out there, lays a goose egg against Texas, gets blanked 49-0. to It was rough from start to finish. The Sooners did not get off on the right foot, and they finished all the same. As always, I'm Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And of course, we've got Damian Mackey, former Oklahoma Sooner wide receiver and national champion off the 2000 Oklahoma football team. And as always, please go leave us a rating and review on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts helps us grow. Also, go follow the social media at The Barry and Mac Show. Twitter is at Barry and Mac SHW. DMAC, what is the temperature of the room right now at OU? I hope they're proud. Barry, you know, every year you have graduating seniors. And I haven't, you know, I'm not in the program today on a day to day day out basis, but I know there are a lot of guys who are there physically who played, you know, in some pretty big games and national championships and conference championships and kind of all kind, you know, Rufus and Lance and, and Jay Norm and, and, uh, you know, you got Levy there. I mean, there's a ton. You got Joe John, you know, hell, B Hall, BV. We got a, there's a lot of fabric of OU in that building. We can't give, I'm not giving no pardons. I'm not, I'm, I, today, we're going to have a real conversation because when you sign up to play for OU, I signed up to play for OU in 1998. In, 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 uh, sheesh, February of 98 is when I signed my letter of intent. I had no clue about the OU Texas rivalry as a California kid. You know, I was big on USC, UCLA. I knew about OU Nebraska. That was a game that I had seen in the past. I knew about USC Notre Dame. You know, I, I I didn't know. The first week I got to Norman, I found out about OU Texas. So I'm talking about a Cali kid. You know, there's no social media. There's no, you know, cable. There isn't a bunch of channels for, for games. I think there's only basic ESPN back then. I don't, there's no four ESPNs in 98. There's like ESPN, maybe ESPN2. I, I don't have, I don't have any... I, I'm not taking any excuses from anyone in our program. They know what this game means. DG gets hurt. I got it. But you cannot. The game they play today nullifies our 63-14 win, our 65-13 win, and our 47-whatever win in 03, or, oh, excuse me, 04, I believe it was, or 02, maybe, because they goose egg us and if their stupid kicker doesn't miss a field goal they hang half a hundred on us like i don't i yeah i'm gonna be very honest with you bro i'm still at a loss of words i'm still in like la la land and believing that really just happened because they beat the shit out of us they beat the snot out of us they beat the the ou on the side of our helmet I, I can't even tell you 
how embarrassed I am today. And this is just being a buck, keeping it a hundred. Like I am embarrassed 22 years later for all the 21 years that we played OU's from the, my time playing to today. I'm embarrassed because I can't believe the product we put on the field. One player should not make that difference. We should not have a program where there isn't one kid who can throw the ball more than four yards down the field. Someone needs to help me understand how OU is in that predicament. Yeah, Link did some stuff that's shady. By the way, they won tonight, right? Yeah, you know, we had a couple kids transfer out and they're not playing like stars, but we can't complete a pass over four yards. Would a kid who had an entire week to prepare and we keep trotting him back out there? Like it, 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 my eyes started to bleed watching the abomination that we called an offense, which, by the way, was only one upped by the sieve, which we have that is supposed to be a defense. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to go there because I'm watching and I'm like, what in the hell are we doing in practice? I want to know. I actually want to know. It's embarrassing. Uh, we don't need to talk X's and O's. We don't need to talk about Jimmy's, you know, Jimmy's and Joe's. We sucked today, October today, the 8th, October 8, 2022, Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma was trash. And we need to own it. And that starts for me, starts with the fucking seniors. I cannot believe that senior group is okay with playing the way we play today. I cannot believe the returning starters are okay with that. I saw guys quit. I saw guys, guys cat. I saw guys saw guys say what they can't do. I saw I saw guys get housed out the club. I saw guys get thrown out the club. I saw guys get pancaked by receivers. I saw guys get pancaked by linemen. I saw guys get ran over by running backs. I saw guys get ran over by receivers. And I didn't see any fire. None. You can't tell me a guy today who I was like, man, you know what? He played his heart out. I tell you, on offense, a couple of guys. Wildcat quarterback, Willis, you called him a leader. Shout out. And I said, it's not good if your tight end's your leader. Today, he was, a, he was the best cue we had today. Play with a little heart. Uh, Farouk played with some heart. Still showing me a little bit of MC Wiggle. In fact, I, I smile a little bit when I think about three because three showed me a little something today. That, you know, I got I got love for little buddy. Uh, but Barry, I, I, I'm just, I just, and excuse me for cussing y'all. I apologize for that, but no, I don't, I don't apologize. It, it, it was necessary. Um, we stink. And if we don't fix things in a hurry, we're in trouble now. And we talked about, you know, Texas. So, so this is, this was the game. And I think it was a spectacular, uh, uh, uh atrocity. So I, I'm telling you guys right now, I love our head coach for us, but I'm calling I'm calling shit out if I don't see no changes now. We got to call the truth what it is. We got to be honest with ourselves because we're not Baylor. We're not Wazoo. By the way, we're not Texas. We, we don't get to have four years of mediocrity where we backpedal for, you know what I'm saying? We, oh, we're young. We don't get to be young for a decade. If we're a blue bud, a blood. If we are what we say we are, we cannot settle for anything mediocre. And right now, I wish we were mediocre. I don't see a win on the schedule. I don't see a win on the schedule. By the way, call it hyperbole, call it emotion. Let's let's pull up the film. Show me a team 
that one doesn't have a quarterback who can beat our, our second level. Every quarterback we play, Sands may be West Virginia, but every other one, Texas Tech, dual threat. I know they were down in the third cube, but guess what? He can spin it. Oklahoma State, dual threat. Kansas, dual threat. They were playing a second string quarterback, but guess what? He was spinning it. Iowa State, they got a cock diesel defense. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, uh, where's the dub? Guys, if we don't get things fixed in a hurry, we'll be quickly looking at three and nine. That's Ooh. that's when I got to OU and I had an affinity for John Blake, but they made fun of him. And deservedly so, because we're Oklahoma. I know Coach V is not, you know what I'm saying, accepting looking three and nine in the mirror. We're getting ready to leave and go to SEC. We know the Big 12 teams have a, a point to prove with us. I'm just telling you, B, we don't get our act together. You know, some things got to change quick personnel-wise. Oh, overhaul. We better attack the portal. I, I'll talk about some stuff that 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 uh, was been happening since the game ended. But uh, sorry for the soapbox. Somebody please make me a custom because I got I got I got some shit to say. Build me a custom soapbox so I can stand on my soapbox because I got some stuff to say today. Ooh. So I, mean, I want to ask, and I, I sometimes hate comparing seasons because every season is unique. But I, I think the biggest issue that that the fans have is the just the quit that the team seemed to have the moment Texas got any steam going, right? So so if you're a Sooner fan and you've been following the team for even just the better part of two decades, you know there have been some down years. You know, 05 was not a great year. You're coming off a, you know, a national championship loss in 04 to USC. You've had two historically great teams. You had a lot of um, just departures from that team. So 05 was real young. 05, but, we lose to TCU week one, and they were in like the Mountain West or something. Remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. So they do that. They go up to UCLA. They get a loss. Right. It, yeah. But the, in those losses, I believe, and then they also lost to Texas. That was a, a just, but that was also a historically good Texas team. That Texas team literally won the national championship. So, but after those, OU had one more loss the rest of the way, but none of those losses ever felt like this. They never felt like the, the team just, just threw up the white flag said, you know what, we're done, we're ready to go home. Uh, I want to reference 09 too, right? You yep. had a Landry Jones-led team because Bradford's down. Yep. If any team had the reason to like turn in and just hang it up that year, it was definitely that team, right? I mean, they – but that being said, the defense that year still played with pride. They said, if, you know, if we're going to be the only side of the ball that's productive, that can get it done, then that's just what it's going to be. So OU had a great defense that year, right? 2014, again, another down year, won't harp on it. But you never felt like the team was what was just outright given up. They still had pride in those things. And that pride that year, and this is what I want to talk about, springboarded those teams into success the next two to three years 
which is what I want to get at. Um, you, you touched on it just a bit. When you have players that have been on a team for going on three, four, five, six years in some cases due to COVID, and they are supposed to be your leaders, and they even go as far as to say as much, saying they're leaders, saying they're going to get the young guys moving in the right direction, uh, saying that, you know what, we need to just just put our foot down and, and have a change uh, this year. What is going to happen when the the youngsters on this team start saying, you know what, you're you're not good. You, you keep talking to me, you know, telling me what where you're going to take us. I'm not seeing it. I, I watch the film, too. I, I'm doing things just as good, if not better than you. At what point do we say, you know what? Well, we've got to deal with the possible backfire, if you will, that would come from making changes at certain positions and just and just run with it right? Players know when other players are, are usually better than them. I mean, that's they may not want to admit it, but when you're in practice every day and see a guy perform, you just know. And my, my question to you is, is it worth is it worth it to keep those guys in that position for sake of trying to hold on to some semblance of the season in your culture? Or are you just damning the culture by letting that stuff fly? Yeah. College football. We're not, we're not playing uh peewee where everybody gets seven plays on both sides of the ball. We're not playing high school where, because I grew up in this neighborhood and coached, you know, is uh you know my dad's best friend i'm gonna get an opportunity we're playing at oklahoma we're playing college football this is a this is a 10 this is a business with 10 zeros this is a multi-billion dollar business at the end of the day at OU, you gotta win so let's talk about the recipe to win in order to win number one you need to have a strong scheme you need to have a great culture and you need to have dudes you need to have great players if i'm a young player and that guy ahead of me is deemed a leader or a captain or a returning starter. And, you know, obviously we have a bad game, respect. But just like you said, these guys learn how to analyze film, right? It, you got to be a pretty bone. You got to be a better. You got to be, I don't know. You got to purposely not want to learn the game at the college level because that's how analytical it gets. And to your point, as a redshirt freshman, if I'm a linebacker and I'm watching the same disaster that I saw linebackers today go under blocks. Do you know what happens when you go under a block as a backer? If you're a linebacker and they're trying to run a stretch play or they're trying to run some type of outside scheme and you go under a block, the lineman leaves you alone because you took yourself out of the play and they go to the next level. You sent you essentially make it nine on 11 when you're selfish or lazy or sorry and go under a block. There, it's, it's against the rules. You learn that in JV football. I saw a starting linebacker who has trotted out there and played basically every single snap this season go under a block and they scored a touchdown with their third team running back and we still had our starters in the damn game. Now, if I'm a puppy behind him, 
I'm calling out my position coach and saying, coach, don't you coach not to do that? That's freaking cancer. Listen, cancer works in two ways. There's cancer like pancreatic cancer. When you get it, the mortality rate is very, 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 very high. There's a high likelihood you're going to pass if if you don't catch it early. Then there's cancer like breast cancer, right? Where it's kind of slow. It creeps on you. You know what I'm saying? You you might have a chance to beat it, but it's kind of it kind of like it eats you alive. We we got some of that in the program. When I see people get on the podium and say, I need to teach the young guys, no, the hell you don't. You need to sit your ass on the bench. We got guys sitting on the podium talking after the game like there's some leader. The definition of a leader is somebody who builds leaders or people follow them. We don't want nobody to follow what you're showing on the field right now, young man. By the way, I'm saying that sooner the sooner. Brother, your performance was ap- it was the worst I've ever seen. God bless Brandon Crow for all the for all the crow he gets. I saw today a backer who couldn't. Take his lunch to him. You shouldn't be able to give him lunch. And you're a linebacker at Oklahoma playing for Brent Venables. Are you kidding me? Listen, we got to stop. You know, I'm in a group. Check this out, B. I know I'm kind of rambling, but I'm in a group with about 100 alumni. Do you know not one of them? And let me not hate on everybody, but it pissed me off that I'm like, am I watching the same game you guys are playing? Some of you guys, we were in the locker room together. You guys are like, come on, we can do it. Bullshit. This is trash. Since when do people at OU play like this? And why are we as they big bros accepting this? I hope they play this for the team. I hope the coaches hear this because it's unacceptable at our university. Our university does not allow that. Coach Stoops does not allow that. Coach V, I play for him. He does not allow that. The rendition I played for. And we'll get to coach. I have what I feel about. I think there's some things that he needs to work on. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you can't get cancer overnight. Cancer mm. is not going to come because you have one bad, you know, one too many tacos. Cancer is not going to come because you ate candy one time. It takes time for cancer to develop. And if you got pancreatic cancer and, and it's going to be loud and try to kill you in 90 days, that's one thing. But sometimes you got that one that's real sneaky. Real sneaky, and they, yeah, I'm buying into the culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all the stuff coach says. Do yeah, I like Coach Smitty, but when we get adversity, your ass punk out. I saw it across the board, across the board, offense, defense, uh, special teams. You know, we didn't have any glaring issues with special teams, but I didn't see nobody trying to take nobody's head off. I didn't see nobody upset. I saw a, a bunch of willing participants and getting their ass kicked. An analogy would be like a brand new guy going to jail and accepting a gang rape. Nah, I'm just sorry. I'm not built like that. The program that I I saw, we we with all due respect, we rebuilt that shit. Somebody call me, text me, whatever, DM me, tweet me, whatever. Somebody, well, let's have that conversation. We rebuilt that shit with Coach Stoops, with Coach V, with Mike Stoops, with Mangino, all those coaches that he brought in when he came in. We did that work so that all these guys could come in here and look pretty and want to and and, and want to be swaggy. I'm at OU. When I went, when we went to OU, it wasn't cute to go to OU. We had work to do. Blue collar, hard hat, whoop your ass. 
That's how we played the game. So when I see these guys playing like prima donnas and they're on the, on the podium, like, yeah, I got to teach them. No, you don't, son. You need to watch film because you don't know how to do your job well because your opponents watch film and laugh at you. I know it because that's what we did. We was to laugh at Texas. You know what I did today, B? I know I'm rambling, but I'm sorry. I got a buddy. I coached on Cedar Hill four years ago. It's crazy. All my guys, all my buddies that were position coaches are all head coaches now. Well, one of my buddies is the head coach at North Crowley. By the way, they got a stud team. They got a backer going to Texas, and we talk crap. When I played with them, we beat that ass. Baker Mayfield, senior year, I believe it was. It was. And uh, he texted me this morning. We're down 28-0, I guess, at halftime. He just texted me, chirp, chirp. By the way, shout out to Coach Gates. They got, like, the top 20 team in, in, in Texas. They got a really good team. They're 6-0. and They're doing well. He texted me at halftime, Barry, and said, chirp, chirp. Uh, then we start going back and forth and he's asking me about records and, you know, I, I'm you know, we're giving each other hell about midway through the fourth quarter. I sent him a text. And I said, damn, this is how it feels. Now I get it. In 20 years of being an OU fan, I had never experienced a loss like the loss we had today as a player, as an alum. Right. We had games where we had the better team. They had that one quarterback who was terrible and they ran basically like the bulldozer against us and I, we couldn't stop him. We had Colt McCoy's little brother that one year where they were terrible and they beat us. Right. There's some times where we underachieved. But today I saw the so go look at the the tweet of who the captains were this week and show me one of those guys who played like a leader today. Go look at the guys. And again, I'm sorry, Coach V, if I if this makes me, you know, public enemy number one, I got to tell the truth. Somebody go look at the tweet that they posted this week and said, these are our captains. And you tell me which one of those guys on Monday morning as a young puppy you'd want to follow. I'll freaking wait. Mm, man. Mackie, I want I want to start with the offense, man. Uh, well, we've hammered the defense a little bit, but. But we said it on the last podcast. Well, we knew that there was a, a strong uh, chance that you know Gabriel wasn't going to play. There was it was more than likely not just the the piece with the protocol. And of course, after the game, they do say that he still is in concussion protocol. Um, probably will be up till about middle of next week. I would imagine. I'd say he probably is cleared for the next game, but that stuff is finicky. You just never know. But OU comes out there. They they do start Davis Bevel. And from the jump, it doesn't look any different than what we've seen the past few weeks. It's obvious that they felt that they needed to install something that isn't necessarily unique. The Wildcats been done for, I mean, Texas did it against uh, OU in 2013. They just did it more effectively. Right. Swoops and herd. Right. They yeah, went in yeah. there. And That's a, what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. They ran the same thing. They they ran yep. the same thing. Oh, you did today. They just did it effectively. They, they did what OU tried to do today. And, and OU could have succeeded in that. You know, well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the schematics of like why that could have worked. But what puzzles the fans is that they they went away from it time after time. We saw multiple plays where where Bevel just it wasn't a drop, it wasn't a um, like a, a miscommunication, right? It didn't feel it just felt like he missed. It felt like he legitimately just could not make that throw, 
in a game like this. Maybe he doesn't in practice. Maybe that's what they've seen. My problem is you have, let's see, one, two, three to four quarterbacks on scholarship at Oklahoma right now. And after the game, I believe this was post-game with um, uh, Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank, uh, Coach Venable said that he felt based off of fall camp and, and leading up to that, as well as the practices during the season, that Davis Bevel gave them the best chance to win. That That's, in my opinion, that's got to be an indictment on the quarterback room. Is that an indictment on who's coaching the quarterbacks? And 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 why were they why were they so quick? What was Texas doing, if anything, to to show that you needed to go away from some of the packages that were working? Right, you saw them have success with Farouk. You you saw them have success with with, with Willis and and Majors back there. There were a few plays that you know looked like they should probably keep them. Right, some of the stuff might might work pretty effective at the goal line, but. Every time they had something going, particularly early in the game, like an offense like that is something that's gimmicky. If you're going to deploy that, you've got to be able to keep the game within at least a possession or two. But because they went away from it, they ended up in fourth down situations. They they didn't convert. There, there, was, there, there was the opportunity to stay with it, and they chose not to. Can, can you talk a little bit about why – why go away from it? And how does OU end up in a spot with, with four quarterbacks on scholarship and not one of them can complete a pass? Like, who is that on, DMAC? It's a perfect storm. Um, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about the entirety of it. Number one, the, the storm starts with the past regime having a system where essentially they recruit one quarterback every two years. While Link is here, I get it because he can go after the best of the best and they kind of have a sense of I have my time and then it's the next person's time. But if it screws us on the back end, right? So imagine the 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 scholarship quarterbacks are literally Rattler and Caleb and they both leave. Okay, so there you go, the coverage bear. Number two is when the new regime comes in, um, right? You've got to have some momentum to show that this staff is going to do well. So I don't have an issue with them going out and getting uh, the young kid from Arlington. I, you know, obviously he, he he threw a ball today that made me believe. Anyway, let me not. But uh, <laughs> right, you go get the young kid from Arlington. I believe he's from, is he from Arlington. Is that correct? I believe he's from Arlington. Uh, I think get so. The yes. Dallas kid. Get the Dallas kid. He's a puppy. You also go out and get your guy. Right. You go out and get DG. You go get Gabriel. So in theory, right, you are you are uh, creating a little bit of nucleus and then you go get a quarterback. Again, I'm talking theory here with some experience. Now, I got to tell you, except for the. No, we never had three great quarterbacks at OU. Ninety nine. It was hype and Fletcher. Two thousand. It's hype and Nate. Um, J-Dub's hurt. 2001, it's Nate and J-Dub. But anyway, anytime you're going to go recruit a 13 guy, like he was legit the 13 guy, that's not much to be excited about. And then when you watch film, 
Um, not trying to just talk bad about the guy, but literally he looks like Bambi. If you ever watch the old school Bambi when he's literally just learning how to walk, that's how that, that you know, Bevel looks trying to run with the ball. So, you know, he needs a clean pocket. And then we and then we solidify the quarterback room with a, Jace, a, G, a Juco guy. So look at theory, right? You go get your guy. Check. You go get a puppy who you can groom. Check. You get a guy with D1 experience. I think he had played in some meaningful games last year. And then you get a Juco who hasn't necessarily played meaningful games, but he's a, more than a year removed from high school. He's played in Juco and played well so in theory you think that room isn't an abomination so i don't buy that there just isn't a guy in that room who can throw the ball i don't buy it i just don't buy it i i can't buy that by the way that's a that's an excuse and it's a bum excuse and we know link did us dirty and we've seen the last two weeks but you know all season do you remember when i had the running joke Early in the season, we're like, is Bevel ever going to throw the ball? You remember that? First couple games, we're like, dude. <laughs> I do. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, when's the kid going to throw the ball? He needs to throw the ball. Now we see why he, he should have thrown the ball. Let's talk about the indictments. First person I hold responsible is uh, Davis Bevel. I hold him responsible because, again, son, you're at OU. You're one play away. And guess what? It came. And two weeks in a row, you showed us you don't know how to prepare. Coaches aside, right? I was on the 98 team. The running back coach, his name was uh, uh, Dickinson. Guess what? Damon Parker came ready to play. He came ready to play. Gumbo Fazan came ready to play, right? Those guys came ready to play because they were experienced football players. I I wouldn't if if the puppy played like that the last two games, you wouldn't hear no grief from me. But we got a kid who played power five football for multiple years. He's actually been in game situations and he can't complete anything except a one step slant that he bird dog. He bird dogs the slant. And he, I mean, he hit it twice, but that's the only thing he can complete. Nope. Sorry, son, I got to hold you accountable. You've been in the program since spring, since 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 winter conditioning, spring ball. You, you guys run 707 all summer. You've been there since fall camp. This is week five. You got to have some blame. Number two is the coach. We are playing college football at the University of Oklahoma. Let me take it down. Take it down. Take it down. That's Mac. Take it down. Take it down. QB coach. Is that Coach Levy? Coach Levy, yep. You got to have you guys prepared. There has to be a package. Last week, okay, that's a mulligan. He got called in when no one expected it to happen. We were like, holy freaking moly. But he didn't show any gumption, any type of, you know what I'm saying, gunslinger, nothing last week. But this week, there's got to be a package that works for him. And and you, this is the second part of your question that I'm going to address in more detail here in a second. The game is zero to zero in the first quarter. We get a stop. They get a stop. We're going down and getting close. Right, we're in the edge of the red zone. Nine, three, and 24 have taken us inside the 25-yard line. We get to third and short and four and sh fourth and short, and we run zone read with 11 and zero twice. That, that's, that's, that's not knowing your guys. There's no way that Willis... And Farouk and Majors get us to the cusp of the red zone. I don't know if it was Barnes or if it was uh no, it was it was Majors. Those yep. guys get us to the edge of the red zone. 
And on third and fourth and short, go watch it, guys. It's our second possession. None of those guys are in the game. Maybe maybe Willis is in at tight end, but on both plays, we run some type of run action with 11. It, that makes no sense to me. So, hell yes. Quarterback coach slash OC, you got to be held responsible, bro. You're a Sooner. You're at Ole Miss. You're at you Central Florida. All those are things that give you credibility, but that's dang it today. You got to take this black eye too, bro. That's your black eye. You got to own it. You guys are responsible for the very first OU team ever to get goose egged in Dallas ever. I think like since like pre-World War II was the a, a date that they said. So number two, after you got eleven gotta take his he gotta take that on the chin. Quarterback coach OC, you gotta take that on the chin. You gotta take that on the chin. I don't take the program. I don't blame the program uh, from that lens, Barry, because like I said, if I told you the program had no scholarship quarterbacks, but we're bringing in a new regime and the, the OC brought, was bringing in a guy who excelled in his offense and the OC signed a four star from the neighboring state and the OC brought in a backup who had power five experience and an experienced Juco who was a winner. Can we both agree that we'd be like, man, that's the best you can do in probably the last two months of recruiting? But would we have given them an yeah. A, an F, or a C? They'd probably get like a like a B grade, I would imagine. If you don't go out and get an elite guy, but you can fill fill the room a little bit, um, I, I'd say that would be a solid job. So for me, it's an A minus. You go get a guy you know knows your stuff. You go get a guy who's a highly ranked kid in your in your backyard. You go get a guy who's, you know, played big time ball in a in a big conference. And then you go get a JUCO. And then there's the whole relative, right? Relative to what was available. We're I think we were second place for Dart, which would have been an upgrade. I think yep. Dart had a great, great game today. In fact, they they had a school record for a receiver, broke a, a deal that Dart was responsible for. But it's not mm-hmm. like we didn't go out there and, and go go get it right i give that a an a minus so i don't blame them in the sense that they were negligible and not addressing the room we just ended up with warm bodies in fact we don't even know if booty we don't know if booty is a general or if booty is booty you know what i'm saying like he might be he might be like a general that we just don't know or booty might be like bro was kind of a booty we don't even know because we haven't even given the kid a chance and he probably should have got at least a full quarter of respectable football to play um, and, and, and for that part, you know, I, I think there's some responsibility there too, unless he's got some character issues. So when I look at that room, Barry, and I look at the play, the last, I don't know, six quarters, um, the first person I got to blame, these are college kids. I, I don't know how old Davis Bevel is, but he's too grown. He's been around college football too long to accept that's the best he has to offer. I gotta tell you, he's going to get Brandon Crowe. Like people are going to be like, bro, don't be buddy because he has shown us nothing except, except, you know, I, you know, not to use a, not to just be a turbo person, but an aptitude. Like that's what it was. And obviously the OC coming in and putting him in that position and consistently trotting him back out there, three and out, trotting him back out there. How about we run a screen and he throws him a fastball? Like we run a screen to Mims, and it's he's like six yards away from him, and he throws a dart. 
how about we run a fade to Mims and he throws it five yards out of bounds with no pressure. And it's like, it's like a pat and go fade. Like it's the fade we run every day in practice. There's a, there's a period called pat and go where the receivers literally just run in a circle and there's a quarterback in the middle and you're running a fade route around one quarterback, you catch it, then you drop it at his feet, you run to the other side, and then you run a fade route, and he throws it to you, you catch it, and then you run to his feet. I mean, like, that's a pat-and-go fade, and he throws it five yards out of bounds. Kid's not ready to play. But from a program standpoint, I, I don't I don't kill us there because I feel like we did um, at least, you know, semi-well for what was in front of us and, and the way the chips that, that we, you know, the way the chips were laying on the table. Yeah, and... And for it to be OU Texas, I mean, that this is the game that you have to come in and start and play well. Like, there was no doubt that in this game, OU was going to have to go score for score with Texas. Like, I don't think anybody um, was under the, um, you know, under the illusion that Texas wasn't going to score points or that the defense would, you know, turn into a juggernaut. I mean, maybe you thought this game, rivalry game, sometimes you take the under on something like this. So that was a possibility, but OU was going to have to go score for score. You know, there was parts, I think on the broadcast, you know, they mentioned early in the game, uh, OU driving on offense to that Texas stop side and small things like Bevel and Rain, like not being able to communicate on some of the calls you know, to me, uh, looking at that, that, that feels like a little bit of just unpreparedness. And, you know, maybe you have to make adjustments on the fly, but to not see that coming or, or for that to be a, a key issue, you know, feels like it's almost oversight, right? Maybe that's it's just what you get when you have a guy where first time really fully running the offense at a big time program like Oklahoma Maybe there's an experience factor there. You know, a, a guy like, you know, Riley had multiple years with, with Stoops here to kind of kind of hold his hand. And Stoops was a, a seasoned head coach who had seen really good OCs under him, right? He had Leach and Long and, and Mangino. He knew what that process looked like. So because of Don't that, he Wilson. was able to and Wilson, Wilson. That's Wilson. right. And Wilson. Yeah. So so you get to see what it looks like. So there probably were points where where he was able to to coach those guys through certain things and, and say, hey, don't forget about this. You know, you, in business, the same way when you're working on something and, and you get kind of this narrow focus, you don't always hit everything. It, it's the head coach's job or the leader's job to come in there and say, yep, you got this. That's a check, check, check. Oh, wait, did you think about this? And that's what a good leader does. They, they go in there and they get it done. And speaking of the leadership side, you know, we, we touched on it as soon as we opened. OU goes out there defensively and you get the same exact stuff we've been getting the past three weeks. And this one was the worst of it all. The, the things the fans are going to struggle with is they feel like it's, it's just gone downhill every week. There's not a single thing to hang your hat on to say, yeah, we, we lost, but we did this well. Yeah, we lost, but you know, this looked okay. Or this guy stood out. And I guess we can touch on a few of the guys who stood out. Uh, I think 22 had a pretty solid game. He, he did some things that, that people are going to, going to say was 
pretty good. You had 10 Kip Lewis at the end of the game, even against, you know, third string backups. He was, he, he still looked like he, he knew what he was doing, right. That there was some stuff there to, to see uh, maybe to build for in the future. But OU came out in this game, uh, as you've talked about before, they were in the 30 front. That was the predominant defense they ran today. But it felt like no one could win on the line of scrimmage, that they had a little bit of success early on. You know, Downs had a play real early in the game where he was inside, pushed, I think it was a guard, kind of pushed the guard around a little bit. Uh, You had a few guys tackle well on the edge. But as with this defense, as soon as it started to go south, it did not stop. It's like as soon as the avalanche begins, if they don't get through that first quarter, man, if they don't you know, make a couple plays or that offense gets rolling, which is what they've had the good fortune of having the past two, three, four years, if that does not happen, then the sky starts to fall and the freaking dam breaks. So schematically big picture, it doesn't seem like anything's working. Right. As a coach, we all know that that Coach Venables is heavily involved in what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. I think anybody who thinks this is entirely, you know, Roof's responsibility, entirely Roof's baby, and everybody's, you know, asking for his head on a platter. And maybe some of that's warranted, but you've got to know that there's a lot more people involved with the success or in this case, failure of this defense than just those guys. So so scheme-wise, man, if nothing's working, you're not going to seem to rotate guys, and maybe that changes this next week. Maybe we see some different faces um, in Norman when they, when they play Kansas. If you're not going to do that, what do they have to do in terms of how they are going to attack teams on the defensive side of the ball to get any kind of success, any kind of foundation to springboard this team into next year. When you build a defense, you have to build it through the middle. The first couple of things we need to find, well, first things first, we need to move back to a 40 front. We played the 40 front the last six or seven minutes um, of the game. And I mean, it's it's literally their walk on. I mean, they brought in a kid at quarterback. I was like, who? Um, but when we went back to a forty front, we were able to get linebackers able to run without being engulfed by guards. Right. I was talking to a buddy offline, and he's flat out saying those weaknesses in Texas O line is their guards, their right guard, and their left tackle, and we never attacked them. So that that just blew my mind. If we, we want to improve. I believe first we go back to a 40 front. We've got to get four down linemen. Um, in fact, we've never shown that it doesn't work. We we didn't play extremely well against K-State, but I got to say K-State has Deuce and uh, Martinez, and we did better against their run game than we did against Kansas, uh, against TCU and Texas in the 30. So we've got to go back to the 40 front. We've also got to seriously look at personnel. We've got to look at personnel, right? It looks to me like our D our DNs are taught to slow dance for tackles. Have you ever seen DNs who get attached and like never get away from the, the tackle? Like our guys are literally dancing like it's the Sadie Hawkins dance or something, and the quarterback is chilling in the pocket. We have linebackers who, because I know, um, BV deploys a gap assignment 
defense where they're more than happy to say, I'm just going to run into this guard because doing so means I got my gap and the running back runs right by them. Or the guard turns their hips a little bit and the crease is right there next to them. They don't use their hands. They don't use their eyes. And they don't say, hey, I'm a better athlete than him. Let me beat him to the spot. It's interesting because you bring up 10. And 10 is raw and undersized and obviously a puppy. But he's in a 40 versus a 30. But we immediately see him get skinny and go make a play on the ball versus being so concerned with, am I in my gap? And because football is about tackling the football. And so personnel wise, listen two, brother, love you to death. You're a sooner. I'll buy you a beer if you're of age and I ever see you in town, but somebody needs to be coming for your spot. You're not, you don't cut it for Oklahoma. You don't cut it for Oklahoma. 28. I think you're a Mike. As a Willie backer, a Willie backer at OU can chase the football and make plays. It's difficult for you right now. You're having a lot of difficulty. And, 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 and so that personnel piece, it's something that we, we have to – I'm not saying something that the casual Joe doesn't see on TV. My wife is like, babe, is number da-da-da-da supposed to do that? Like, is he supposed – like, my wife doesn't know, you know, much about football at all except to cheer for the Sooners, cheer for the Niners, you know, that that's what she knows, and, and have fun at the games. Hey, hey babe, this means we're going to, you know, have some drinks and, and eat some, you know, some some bar food, I guess. But she can see some of the things. So I'm not saying something that's G14 classified. I better not hear if alumni come for me, just know I'm coming back for you because I'm telling the truth. Like, I'm not saying no secret stuff. Right. We got to look at those backers and see if, if they're where they're going to be best suited. I made the the idea if we went back to a 40 front and we took 40 and moved them to a three technique. We left 31 next to him. We took two and said, you're not a backer, son. You're an edge defender. And we let him play on the line of scrimmage and put pressure on the ball. We took 28 and said, hey, man, you're a bat. You're a middle backer, not a willy backer. We took seven and said, hey, dude, take your lumps. And by the way, we're going to give you competition. Ten's going to take his lumps, too. There's going to be both of you guys and whoever grades out plays on Saturday. Like, that's how we did it. You take 23 and you say, hey, 23, you're in the mix too. 23, you know, we got so many other issues. He's not our primary issue. I can't sit here and just act like White is terrible. Like he hasn't, you know, he he he's not a plus cheetah, but I'd like to see him at Willie Backer. I'd like to see what he can do. I really would. Right? So it's not like we don't have pieces. And let me let me put to bed something else, Barry. I'm hearing all of these brouhaha rumors of oh it's so complicated oh my god with all due respect guys you're running one scheme coach v runs a 30 front a 40 front he runs you know nickel he runs dime they ran some dime today we saw woody play one of the safeties uh in 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 coverage but let's not act like these guys aren't college ball players expected to know different fronts that they should have been playing since they were kids this scheme is not overly complicated the kids are repping the crap out of the stuff. So I don't want people to even start to part their lips about, oh, my God, it's too much. Dude, you, you, we got to deploy the scheme. And as we all have seen, we're running one. So it's not like I'm an end and sometimes I'm in a, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in a shade, but sometimes I got to play man on because we're switching from a 30 to a 40. And sometimes I'm in a three and sometimes I'm in a four. I nope. 
we're running one scheme. So they're not out there like, I don't know what to do. They're getting their ass kicked. And it goes back to that cancer. I feel like some of these guys are accustomed to getting their ass kicked and they're okay with getting their ass kicked. So on that side of the ball, personnel wise, if Texas was the benchmark, today we got goose egged. Every position should be open. And I felt like the coaches gave everybody a chance so they could get everything on film. But I'm just telling you, there's certain numbers that if they trot those guys out there next Saturday, they're not going to have to worry about me. The fans are going to go crazy. And with all due respect, I, I I remember, you know, a seven and five season my freshman year and we're hearing some stuff like, oh, man, this guy needs to go and this and that. Like the fans are still a, a very important part of the season. You don't want to be the coach where all of a sudden we're not selling our games. You don't want to be the coach where all of a sudden, you know, there's all this craziness around the program and they start, you know, bringing up yesteryear and the mid nineties and the Gibbs and the Snellies and the, and the, and the, you know, Blake years, those are not situations or seasons you want to be in communication with yours, especially when the thief who left out of the last minute is six and oh, and so Cal. It just is what it is. You're going to be judged based upon your peers and the guy who left town. And, you know, that team was like five and seven or something last year where they're six and oh, they, he, he got to take the cue. I think if we have a uh, Caleb, we're probably five and one at the worst. I, I firmly believe that just watching the kid, he's, he's that much of a difference maker. And that's why you need a quarterback. But Coach V's he's married to us, man, and we're married to him. And and he doesn't need to make adjustments for the fans. Screw that. He doesn't need to make adjustments for me. Screw, you know, not screw alumni, but like it's not our team, it's his. But he hopefully is going to be cognizant of us seeing the same thing that they're seeing on film. Here you go, Barry. The puppies seeing the same thing they're seeing on film. You ready for this one? The recruits seeing the same thing. If I'm getting recruited by Oklahoma. And I see a DB, I was recruited as a DB, I was an all-state uh, safety. But if I see the safety going on the field and he's trash and he's consistently trash and he's habitually trash and they're trotting him out there every Saturday, it's going to make me second guess, like, what's going on in this program? And I'm not saying this to piss on my team, I'm saying this to settle truth. Like, you don't think parents and co other coaches and other programs and, and you know, their the, the, the friends who play ball are having these conversations. We're not naive enough to believe that's not the case. We got to be careful about creating uh, a stereotype that at OU, like why go to OU if you're a stud? You see these duds that they're playing? Like they continue to play this dude. He's a dud. You don't think those conversations are happening when other coaches talk about our team? You don't think other coaches know who the guys are that they consistently pick on? It's not by accident that, you know, there's certain plays and areas of the field where teams can continue to press. You don't think the coaches are saying, hey, dude, watch this. The position you're going to be playing, why isn't someone else playing that position? Watch what we do Saturday. We're going to pick on this guy, and guess what Oklahoma's going to do? They're going to try his ass back out there again. It's it, it's the game. It's the game. So, man, it's culture. I think these guys are accustomed. To getting kicked in the nuts they like it i don't know if they like it or what it is but like why is it that i watch every other game and i don't see any more games where i'm talking about like wyoming versus i could watch i could watch wyoming versus bama 
and Bama out athletes them. But in cover two, their corner defender plays a hard corner and doesn't just bust. In cover three, their safety might get ran by because he's a 4-7 dude and Bama has a 4-3 guy, but their safety is at least attempting to get over the top. It's not just a mental bust or their backers when they meet a running back in the hole, right? They may they may miss a ton because they're not fast enough. They can't get there, but they have a middle backer that if you meet him in the in the B gap, he's going to form that running back up and get him down. Why is it that at OU our linebackers grab and get dragged? Why is it at OU that our D linemen never get through and 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 beat their man one on one? Our DNs never get over the corner, get around the corner. Or have not done so the last three or four weeks. Why are our corners and safeties consistently busting in areas where it's basic coverage principles? Yes, Texas did a bunch of window dress in the first quarter. By the way, I was like, dang, he's doing what Link used to do. He, By the way, he was running stuff like Link style, where it's a lot of movements, a lot of motion. Guys going, they're flooding different zones, right? There's a guy behind the line of scrimmage. There's a guy stopped at the line of scrimmage. And there's a guy streaking down the field. And then and, and it puts you in a, in a bind. And the quarterback is just reading where they're not throw the ball. Those are Leach principles. Those are Mike Leach principles. They did a ton of that. But why do our guys not know the basics? Hey, dude, I'm going to sit here, safety, you get over the top, and then we're going to let them throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and we're going to rally to the ball. I watch 10 different games, and everybody else does it. I watch us, and one guy jumps the guy in the backfield, and then one guy jumps the guy standing at the line of scrimmage, and they got Whittington wide open for a touchdown, and he barely misses him. That's that's varsity. That play works like against JV teams and weak varsity teams, and it also works against the Sooners. <laughs> it worked today. So lots of lots of uh, lots of lots of just basics. I know Coach v, Coach V is is pulling his hair out because you assume your guys when they meet a running back in a hole. Right. I, I mean, you know, Bijan is Bijan is probably, in my opinion, he's the best running back in America. Yeah, he is stud. I, I like I like the kid at uh um I like the kid at Ohio State. By the way, they're a younger kid at Ohio State. <laughs> Williams, killer. Mm. But I would say Bijan is probably the best running back in America. And he's a guy who can get skinny. He's elusive. He's extremely quick. He's extremely powerful. I mean, he doesn't have any minuses. So why right, you you know it's kind of like Deuce. No one really got on everybody when Deuce made plays at K State because we know what you know that guy's a that guy's a baller. But nobody can get a clean on the kid ever. That's a backer issue. That's a tackling issue. That's a culture issue. That's a reverting back to oh woe is me. You know we we never thumped him all day. No one said kissed his ass with a face mask. Put it right between the five. Whatever, he's just a five. Put it right on that five and let him know, run through this hole again. That part of the game where no one hits you, it just makes your confidence grow. You're grabbing. They're dragging you. Makes your confidence grow. They let you have inside even though they're supposed to carry you. It makes your confidence grow. We're playing zone coverage, but we're just guarding grass, and we're letting Whittington run all the way across the formation with nobody looking to carry and pick him up. It makes their confidence grow. And those are all symptoms to culture, to cancer. You got to cut it out. You got to cut the cancer out, Barry. You got to cut the cancer out. And that means sitting some of those mother suckers on the bench and letting them watch the game. And guess what? I don't mind if the upperclassmen gripe and moan and groan and complain and transfer. Like what I care about are the kids that they brought in 
and the kids that have potential and an opportunity that they get a fair chance to show what they can do. Because I feel like some of these guys have had an unfair chance to keep a job versus having to continue to earn their job. I hope after this game, Coach V says, we're not going to the playoff, right? We need They need to be playing for a bowl game so they can get more practice, and they need to be playing to show the recruits that there's opportunity. And the worst way to do that is show recruits that the same guys who've been terrible for some of them three years are going to start just because they've started for the last two and a half. You know, I want to get to the recruit stuff. I actually have some specific questions there. But, you know, the very fact that a guy like seven or a guy like 10 or or three who had a few moments, right, the very fact that they can come in there and they they shine and they flash like they do is is the problem itself. Like there shouldn't be, I, I said this, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or, or on Twitter, but man, we talked about this with another guy, but if seven was on like the 2000 squad, like, like how, how layman was, I believe he. Thank you for tuning in to the Barry and Mac show. Please go leave us a rating and review on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Also go follow the social media at the Barry and Mac show on Instagram at Barry and Mac SHW. Damien's is at Dame That Dude. Mine is at B Wise Fitness at the letter B W I S E Fitness. Also, go follow the Mackies too. Uh, D Mac just got his Twitter up recently. And of course, you'll find me at, at underscore Spacemon. Please go check it out. Thank you all for listening. Part two will be out sometime Sunday. Nationwide. So be on the lookout. Subscribe, follow, and we will see you all soon.